Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful that it's still light outside, even though it's cold. I don't know if you're all over the uh, daylight savings time, but I'm finally getting there. But praise God. It's, uh, I'm thankful for the word that he gave me for tonight. I believe God is going to move tonight on some lives. Thank you, Jesus. And I always have to give honor to our pastor and his family. I love them dearly. I'm thankful for them. And we can say it a million times, but we are so blessed. I'm so thankful for how rich he is in the word of God. Brother Brian said it this morning about Wednesday nights, Bible studies here. If you're not here, you're missing out because it is powerful, powerful teaching. And I'm thankful for him and our ministers and our elders. And uh, thankful to you, uh, Brother Brian, for the word this morning. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Jesus. A limitless God. A limitless God. Amen. And uh, I don't know about you all, but I've heard it, thought I had it down, thought I knew what it was to have things loosed on earth and in heaven, bound on earth and bound in heaven. But today it hit me, a revelation hit me of what that really is. And I encourage you to ask God to reveal that to you because I knew what it was before, but today something changed. And I realized when you lose something here on earth, he looses it in heaven. That means it's loosed. It's done. It's gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And we did have another powerful moment this morning when they prayed for uh, some couples that are trying to adopt. And uh, tonight, I don't want to embarrass them, but I, I want to I make some special prayer time for a young little 15-month-old baby girl, uh, Nathaniel Cobb and Elizabeth Guerrero. Elizabeth is here tonight. And um, in our carnal minds, in our finite, limited minds, we would say this is a very dire situation. But a limitless God, an all-powerful God that breathes life, that creates life just by speaking it, has the power that we don't even have to, we can't even think about or understand the power of that, our God. This baby, Noella, Noelia is her name. I believe this week she's going to have a surgery right now. She's, like I said, 15 months old. Her parents, they all live in Indianapolis, so the babies here are children. So they're trying to stay here with her but her heart is on the, the wrong side of her chest. And like I said, to us, it's a serious surgery, a serious procedure. But to our God, who creates everything, who, who creates our lungs, who creates our heart, who creates our valves and our body, who speaks it into existence, can change that situation right now. So tonight, I just want to take a minute and just pray and call out that name, Noelia, for, for, uh, and reach God. Reach the throne together as a church and as a congregation. That he touched that little baby right now in that hospital room. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord God. In Jesus' name, you are a powerful, mighty God. We pray healing virtue over Noelia right now, Lord God. In Jesus' name that you move those organs where they're supposed to be, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Your healing virtue to touch that little baby right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. You speak creation into existence, Lord God. You perfect everything that concerneth us, Lord God. In Jesus' name, touch her right now, Lord God. Go into that hospital room right now, Lord God, and lay your hands on her, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Touch the doctors, Lord God. Lead and guide them through this procedure, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Loose it, Lord God. Loose it.
Loose it tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, thank you, Lord. I ask that you keep them in prayers. Give them strength, the mom and the dad strength to go through this time. I can think having a two and a half year old, what it would be like. So we want to hold them up in prayer. Nathan, Nathaniel and Elizabeth, in Jesus' name. Amen. But before we get in, or as we get into the word of God tonight, like I said, I believe I've got a word that God has been dealing with me for the last few days. And this afternoon, it even growed, grew and grew a little bit more. So I look forward to what God's going to do here tonight. And if uh, Brother Zach would pull up those the scriptures, I want to look to Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And it says, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And though they say, the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. They have consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish. For they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. I will get me into a great men, and will speak unto them. For they have known the way of the Lord, and the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke, and burst the bonds. And I want to focus here on six. Wherefore a lion out of the forest shall slay them, and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them. A leopard shall watch over their cities. Everyone that goeth thence shall be torn in pieces because their transgressions are many and their backslidings are increased. And tonight, just for a few minutes, I, I do plan on being brief. I just want to speak on a sanctuary city. A sanctuary city, if you can pray with me. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you for what you've already done today. We praise you for what you're going to do tonight. I pray that you anoint me, anoint your words, Lord God. Speak to us, Lord Jesus, resonated in our hearts. Let, it, let us take it with us, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise, all the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. A sanctuary city, that's a term that's recently become a lot more popular in this day and age, uh, having a lot to do with politics, and that's not what tonight is going to be about by any means, but it's become a term that in the political world where they talk about a lot of immigration and, and if people would be deported, but it's a term that goes all the way back to numbers in the Bible, and what it's, what it's been for originally and traditionally is for places and people that need to seek asylum, people that can go to a city and find security. And, and, and be secure and feel safe. Although, let me just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Tonight, the only thing that I know of that will do that, the only true sanctuary city that I know of is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He's the only place that I know that I can go and I can be completely secure in. Because we can label cities as sanctuary cities and say they're secure and that you can go there and be safe. But with the political winds of this world, whether it be in the United States 
or other nations, things change constantly. Presidents in the United States, prime ministers and others, or monarchies, whatever it may be that runs countries, they may one day decide to change their rules, change their laws and say, well, you can't have safety here. Then everything that the person thought that they had in that place, everything that the person thought they had when they started to feel secure in this place, in this sanctuary city, so-called, that they believed it to be, they find out, wow, now what am I going to do? But that's not the case with Jesus Christ. That's not the case with our Lord. The, the word says that the government shall stand, rest on his shoulders. It's his shoulders. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So I know that he is my true sanctuary city. And when I'm in him, that's when I'm going to be completely safe. That's when I'm going to be completely secure. That's the only place that there is. But we're in this world system that we've, we've been trained and we've been taught and it's been ingrained in our minds, especially here in the United States, that everything that we have to know, we have to rely on something. We have to rely on our government. We have to rely on our education. Rely on our bank accounts. We rely on our jobs. We rely on our companies. It's been ingrained in our heads and in our minds. Everything that we do from the time we're a kid. Where I used to work, a bank that I used to work with had a, had a program where they, could, they would let little kids come in once they hit like five years old. And they would open up a savings account for them and would teach them. And they had these Sesame Street characters and everything involved that would show them, okay, every time you put money in the bank and they had this little thing, you punch this pig and it would make this cha-ching sound. And so we're teaching our kids right away, this is what you have to rely on. This is what you have to trust on. And certainly the spirit of Antichrist in this world is trying to get us to believe that. Certainly the, the spirit of Antichrist is trying to get us to buy into that fact. That this is the only way. You have to rely on the governments. You have to rely on somebody or something to get you through this life. There's no other way. They're going to take care of you. It's your education. It's your income. Something there. Your retirement accounts. What is it? But you better start relying on something. And even if they push this agenda and we're still here and the Lord's still tearing and we still see a, and we see a one world government, we have to even still then know, no, this isn't my way. This isn't the way that I'm supposed to live. This isn't what I need to believe in and have trust in. No, I'm not going to take that mark. No, this isn't what I'm going to put my faith and trust in. Hallelujah, it's Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. There is no other way. But we're being told that there is. We're being told that this is what you have to do. You better believe in this and you better put everything you have in this because of when things get bad, this is what you're going to have to rely on. If the U.S. dollar fell apart tomorrow, what would we do? What would the world do that believes in the world system? Where would they go? What would they turn to? I know where I'm turning because I've already seen it happen. Amen. Can any of us raise our hands and say amen that God has provided in a way when whatever we had put our hopes in and our faiths in, that didn't work. So, Sister Elizabeth, I tell you tonight that don't worry about what the doctors tell you. Don't worry about what the, the results may be that you get from tests. Our God is a strong and powerful God and a healing God. That's what we put our faith in. Thank you, Jesus, that his will be done. But we've bought into this system. We've bought into it and said, well, I gotta, this is what I have to do from the time I'm growing up. My education, i got to go to school. i got to get this degree. This is what I have to do. I have to put all my faith all my trust in that. I remember growing up being told, you know, you're supposed to get a job. Go get a job at a great company. Stay there. 
put all your hope in them. They may not have said put your faith in them, but get, get in a company and stay there. Build up your retirement. You know, make a career out of that and stay there. And I saw my dad work at a company, uh, a lot of you may remember it, Swallens. That was big in Cincinnati. It was uh, Walmart before Walmart. <laughs> and I loved to go there. They had everything. I would go straight to the toy, straight to the toy section and, and just go through and be like, Mom, I'm good for a couple hours, so, so don't worry about me. I'm just going to look around. But, and then I would go up to the pet department, whatever the case may be. Anything you wanted to do there, they had it there. But he started there, I don't even know, he was probably 18 or whatever it was, as a delivery driver delivering furniture and things in the, in the, in the trucks from the warehouse. Ended up going into the warehouse department, worked his way up, became warehouse manager, and over two decades or so, I watched this continue to increase. Moved, him, moved his way into the actual store and took over a department. Worked his way on up into management, managing the whole store, the Red Bank store, a huge store. So this happened over two decades or so, roughly. But put everything he had into that company. Put everything that he knew and said, this is our, you know, this is our provision right here. This is what we're going to have to live on. This is what's paying for your school. This is what's paying our bills. This is what's putting food on our table. It was that belief that we have. And that's what I was told growing up. Get a job at a company and, and stay there. That certainly has changed today. But you know what happened is eventually they had some changes in ownership. They had some changes in management and said, you know, we want to go a different direction. So actually, you know what, you're either going to have to leave the company or maybe find a different job that pays quite a bit less, whatever the case may be. And then ultimately, they just sold the company altogether because the Walmarts and everything that came into town took them and, and just outran them because they brought everything down. But the point is, everything that we had thought about, everything that he had been told, everything that he wanted to do was putting his faith into that and saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to make it. But when that happened, thankfully, we had a praying family. Thankfully, we, we trusted in a God that said, you know, I know that's what you've been doing for 20 years, but I'm going to do something else for you now. And I know you may not have any idea how it's going to happen. You know, you don't have the education. You don't have everything that would be needed to get a job. And you're all also up in, the, up in the years where maybe somebody wants to hire somebody younger. But I'm going to open up an opportunity for you because I'm your provider. Jesus, God is my provider. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And that's exactly what he did. He opened up this opportunity and, and provided a new, a new job and a new career and a new field, and taught him new things. But then he began to understand, and I began to understand and see, I'm not going to put my faith in this world system. I'm not going to put my trust in, in, in this government or in what this job or what this company is telling me. They can have a change in policy tomorrow. A lot of us know that. A lot of us have been at jobs where you come in Monday, oh, guess what, something's changed. That happens all the time. We have to know where is my trust going to go? What am I going to believe in? Who am I going to trust in? And when we see this scripture, we see Jeremiah talking about Judah, talking about Jerusalem, talking about Israel at the time. And I just can't help but think, how did Judah and Jerusalem constantly find themselves doing this up and down thing with God? How did they, did they get comfortable in their world systems? Did they find themselves getting comfortable in, in all the things that they had been taught? They knew about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew about Moses. They knew about David. 
that they find themselves getting so comfortable with the Lord and so comfortable with the blessings that God had gave them that they said, well, I'm just going to start trusting in our government. I'm just going to start trusting in what, what we have made of ourselves. We have this huge temple. We've created all these amazing, powerful things. We have a great monetary system. We're doing fantastic. Is that what I'm going to put my trust in? But Jeremiah's saying no. And God's talking to Jeremiah and saying, I'm, not, I'm looking, but I'm not finding anyone right now. What's happened to all the good men? What's happened to all the good women? What's happened to the families? What's happened to the teenagers? What's happened to my people? And Israel consistently found themselves making altars on high places, ups and downs. And God would cause them to go and to, uh, they would, people would take them over. They would find themselves, you know, lot, their way lost, losing the power that they had. And then God would raise up somebody else. And say, okay, you found your way. You looked back to me instead of all the systems that you thought you could rely on. Generations would rise up. Prophets would rise up. And they would say, okay, this is the way. Once again, Lord, we found you. Once again, we have found the truth. Once again, we have found the way. And it's in you, God. And they would start seeking him out again. Searching him and believing in him. But then generations would go by and they would find themselves again saying, I don't know about this. This may not be the way. I'm pretty comfy with the way I'm living. I'm pretty comfy with not having to pray every day. I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable with not having to, to study the law. I'm pretty comfortable with not having to seek God out and make an altar to him every day. I'm pretty comfortable with the way things are going right now. And they would find their way back out of the graces of God. Meanwhile, God's saying, no, I'm your city. I'm your sanctuary city. I'm where you need to put your hope in. I'm, I'm where you need to put your trust in. And I wonder when I look around the United States and the church today, if, if, if we're not finding our way into that place sometimes. If we're not being lulled by the enemy and saying, yes, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. That, the Pentecost has been going on since the our apostolic movement has been going on for almost, or over 100 years now. And have we gotten so, so comfortable with the power of God? So comfortable with the healings. So comfortable with the move of the Holy Ghost. I'll say this, church. I don't think we can live just coming in Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesdays. And get by and fight this worldly system. Because if we're just in here a few days a week, a few hours at that. And we're in that worldly system. As soon as we hit, get off this parking lot and we hit that street, we're back into everything that the world is doing. And if we're not finding our way in our homes, if we're not finding our way in this word, in our own study time, if we're not finding our prayer closet time, if we're not seeking this word, if we're not praying over our children, our families, I'm afraid we're going to find God saying, I'm looking for someone. I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman. I'm looking for a child. I'm looking for a teenager. Somebody that's going to seek the truth. I'm looking for somebody that's going to use good judgment. And say, no, I'm not going to follow this worldly system. I'm going to look to you. But I'm afraid when I look at countries, especially some of the impoverished countries, how powerful God is moving right now. How the Holy Ghost, thousands of people we hear from missionaries last week getting filled with the Holy Ghost. God is moving. He's moving today. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is moving today as much as he did when he was walking this earth. 
But I'm afraid we've gotten too used to it. To a point to where, I don't know, we come in and we're just like, well, all right. God's going to move. Let's see, him, let's see him move something. Let's see him perform a healing. I hope that he heals that person. Well, Lord, I'm going to lay my hands on him and just pray. And hopefully I have the faith. Hopefully they have the faith. Hallelujah. That's, we need to be doing more than that. Brother Brian, what you talked about today, we need to be turning some things loose in this church and in this city. If we're going to see a healing, if we're going to see a revival, we need to be turning some things loose, church. And that starts with us. We can't sit here and wait for pastor to bring the word every week and just say, wow, that was a powerful word. Oh, my God, that was so powerful. Hallelujah. Man, that felt good. And then two hours later, be sitting there and talking about having doubt and saying, well, I don't know. Yeah, that was a great word, but I, I don't know. I don't see that happening. I don't see that changing. I don't see them changing. I don't see God saving them. I, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, you know, I don't see them coming around. They've been out of church for so long, I don't see them ever coming back. Mercy. Lord, help us. That's us. Each one of us here tonight. I don't care how old, how young you are. This is for us to do. God is saying to Jeremiah, I'm seeking Jerusalem. I'm going all through Jerusalem. I'm looking for a good man. I'm looking for a good woman. That's seeking the truth. And he's seeking our houses tonight. He's seeking our families tonight. He's seeking every one of us here right now tonight. What are we doing? Are you seeking the truth? Are you using good judgment? How are you living? What are we doing? That's what he's seeking right now in his church, his body. This is his. We come here and we call this the church. And it is, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful we are blessed not only with our amazing pastor and ministers and leaders we are, and every person that's here, we are blessed with great people. Amen. But he's saying, what are you doing? Are you caught up in this worldly system? When you leave here tonight, when you go to work tomorrow, is that what you're back into? Are you going to be relying on that again tomorrow? Is that what you, are you going to be looking at your bank account tomorrow and seeing how it stands? Are you going to be looking at the, the retirement account and saying, oh, goodness, what's the, what's the market doing today? Or you're going to be saying, I'm on my knees, Lord. I'm going in my prayer closet tonight, Lord. That's where I'm seeking. That's my sanctuary city. It's you, Jesus. That's where I'm going. I read a book called Into the Restricted Zone. Powerful, powerful book. If you like to read or if you just want to be encouraged, read this book. It's by missionary Steve Willoughby. Him and his wife have, have passed away. But he talked about when he was getting ready to, to go on a... Uh, uh, um, to go through the states and, and, and raise money for, for, their, uh, for their ministry. And he said, Lord, you know, I've, I've got $10,000 saved, and, and, and we're going to use that for a car when we get into the states or a transportation, a camper, whatever it is that we need to go through deputation, and, and that's what we're going to use to get around. And, and, and he's like, you know, we're, I'm thankful that we've had that saved. And he was just praying, Lord, help this. We're starting to see great revival in Singapore, which they saw a tremendous revival. But he said, we're just now starting to see some saints. We're just now starting to get a church. And I want this to be the, the shortest deputation ever that the UPC has ever seen. I want this to be so short that we're back here in six months that we raise all this money. And God said, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. I'm going to bless you, but I want something from you. And he said, anything, Lord, what is that? Your $10,000. Yeah. 
And he took a big gulp and said, well, why do you want that? That's what we're going to need. And God said, because you love it. And he instantly challenged God and said, what do you mean I love that? I don't love that, Lord. I love you. And God started to let him search his heart. And he realized that he had been putting faith and trust into that $10,000. He had been thinking about that in the back of his mind saying, this is something that I know we've got. I know we've got this stored up. I know we've got this ready to go when we get to the States and we're going to use that. And he said, finally, I said, all right, Lord, I see it. You're right. I do love this. He said, but i got to run this past my wife first. <laughs> so, amen. <laughs> we have to do that. So he said, all right, Lord, I'm going to go ahead and ask her and see what she says. And he uh, went home and said, honey, I, God said we need to give some money to, to foreign missions. He said, you know, we, that's what he wants us to do is give, give some money to the missions. And I just want you to pray about that and think about that. And, and we'll talk about it later. And he thought, okay, well, you know, she's going to come up with maybe $500 or something. Who knows? He said he let a few weeks go by. and She never said anything. And he said, so what's going on? You know, remember I, do you remember when I told you that we needed to pray about giving some money? And she said, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've, I thought about it and I prayed about it. And he's like, well, did you come up with anything? And he said, she said, yes, right away. As soon as you turned around, I knew it was $10,000. It was everything that we owed. We can't put our trust in those things. God provided for them a brand new car as soon as they, a brand new vehicle. I don't know what it was, a car, whatever it was. God provided for them as soon as they got to the States. And they were able to have an extremely short deputation. And that's what God will do for us. When we say, I'm not going to trust in this worldly system. I'm not going to put my faith in chariots and horses. I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. That's what he's calling us to believe in. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. We know we have a sanctuary city in him. That's where we put our trust. But I believe just like, in, just like Jerusalem, just like Israel, just like Judah, we're seeing here in the United States, we're caught up in it. We're bound by it. We're bound by it. And it's bound in heaven right now. Because what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. So we are binding ourselves up into this system, into this world, into what this country is telling us. Believe in this political party. No, believe in this one. No, believe in that one. They, they're telling you they'll do this. Well, they're telling me they'll do this. But yet we, we're still doing the same things. We're still out here as citizens making our way the best we can. Thank God for the churches. Thank God for the truth. Thank God for his word. Because if it wasn't for that, where would we be? What would we do when they said, hey, take this mark or you're not going to be able to have money? What would we do then? I'm afraid we would easily just say, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Because I don't know how to take care of my family. I trust in this world system. I don't, I don't know. I can't go to a doctor. Oh, no. Well, here, go ahead. Let me take that. Whatever they tell us to do. But we have a God, a mighty God. And we have a sanctuary city in Jesus Christ that we can turn to and say, I don't care what they tell me. I don't care what my bank account says. I don't care what my job or my employer says. I've got you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. My God. But what he dealt with me the most about today leading up to tonight 
And, and it was just today, because the last few days and, and, and feeling this and praying about this, this is what he really poured out on me today. And it's not easy to talk about. It's not easy to preach. But he talked about a great falling away, along with the great revival. We talk about the great revival. We look forward to the great revival. But there's going to be a great falling away. And what he showed me and what he shared with me today is, and I think of it right now. I can think of over the last seven, ten years, whatever it may be, so many people that have left. So many people that have fallen away. So many people that have turned their back to this. I'm not even talking about coming to church. I'm talking about turning their backs to God and saying, no, I'm going to go follow this world system. This is what I want to do. This is where I, I want to put my hope and my faith in. And somebody may have heard them in the church. Whatever it may be, we all get hurt. We're not perfect, but God is. He is perfect. But they're turning their backs and they're falling away. And, and God said, there's some people that in our church tonight and right now that are at risk of being in that group. At risk of falling away for good. I don't want to see another family turn away from God and fall away from God and fall away from the church and have another child that grew up in Sunday school hearing the truth, being taught the truth and seeing and hearing these testimonies of powerful things that God has done. I don't want to see them saying, why aren't we going to church anymore, mommy and daddy? What are we doing? What happened? I don't, I don't understand. That's what we did. Oh, we're not believing in that anymore? I don't want to see another family gone, another family lost. I don't want to see another minister that preached this gospel from a pulpit that is gone and lost and their family has followed them and said, well, if that's what he's doing, then that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to see another family lost. I don't want to see another minister. I don't want to see another child lost. My God, help us. There's going to be a great falling away. It's going to happen. And just like this last scripture says in 6, backslidings are increased. Transgressions are many. It just takes one. It, it is a slow fade, but it just takes that one step. It takes that one step away from the truth. Just like God said, I'm seeking somebody that's seeking the truth. The moment I say I'm not seeking the truth anymore, the moment I'm saying I'm going to turn this way and I'm going to look to this way, I'm going to take my eye off this true sanctuary city. I'm going to take my eye off the cross for a minute because I see what my neighbor's doing. They have a lot of great things. My coworker is so blessed, but they're not living the life I'm living. I'm certain that the enemy would love us to look at them and say, look at all the things that they have. You know, look at the way, look, look at the, the things that they have that this world views as so great. That they're boasting about. Meanwhile, humble me, Lord. I don't want anything in this world. Because, like I said, this world is not my home. So you can create a sanctuary city in this world if you want. But I, I say no thank you. I say no thank you. I don't need what you're going to provide for me because I know it's going to fall away. I know it's going to go to ruin. How many civilizations through history do we hear about? Great and mighty and powerful civilizations. Monuments still stand. Where are they? What were they worshiping? What happened to them? But there's going to be a great falling away. I don't want to be caught in that. I pray for our church. I pray for our cities. I pray for all the churches in the city to see the truth. I pray for a revival and for us to not fall away. I pray for every one of you that we don't get caught up in that and that we continue to seek him 
I want to look real quick at, at 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5 and see what, what it says about the falling away. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving, and them which believed and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. What God is giving us is enough. What God is providing us is to be received with thanksgiving. Those are the things that we need to receive. Those are the things that we need to be putting our trust in. Those are the things that we need to be putting our faith in. The things of God and not turning from those things and saying, oh, that's not enough, God. That's just not enough because I don't have what I want. I don't have the things that I'm desiring right now. But he's saying, this is enough. This is enough. And I look back again to the verse 6 in Jeremiah where it says, there will be a lion, there will be a wolf, there will be a leopard outside of that city waiting to devour you, waiting to devour you. So the moment I step outside of Christ, I'm at risk of one of those things devouring me. I'm at risk of falling so deep in sin that I can't find my way back. The moment I say, I'm going to get out of this sanctuary city for a moment, there's a leopard outside of that city just waiting, just waiting for me to step out, just waiting for my daughter. The moment I say, you know what, I'm not going to pray for my family anymore. I don't think I need to put my trust in God anymore. My daughter's at risk. My wife, my family is at risk. Everything that we think our finances are good, you want to see everything get lost. You know, when we start putting our trust in that and say, Lord, I don't trust in you anymore, look out. That's a scary place to be. Amen. And, you know, when... Uh, Instagram, they call, when somebody takes a photo, it's called a photo cred. You give them credit for taking that photo. So I, I want to give my wife a, a sermon credit for a moment. We were talking today about Noah. <clears throat> and we were talking about that situation. And it's not necessarily in a Bible, this, but I can't help but wonder if there were people observing that closely that were saying, you know, I know people were saying he's crazy, but I don't know. I kind of think he might be on to something here. Maybe he does have something. And these people, people may have came along and patted him on the back for a minute and said, hey, you know what? I, I'm not going to get on you about that. I'm not going to give you a hard time and, and call you crazy for that. I think you might be on to something. And then they may disappear for a little while, come back and check on it and say, wow, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's really feeling something here. Give him another pat on the back. There may have been laborers. That said, hey, I'll help you with that today. Just like there's laborers in the church right now. They may have came and labored and said, well, I'll help you with this today. Spent a week or two there and said, you know, I've labored a little bit, but this worldly system out there is, is calling my name right now, and I, I need to go check on this. So I, I'm, I'm going to go, and, 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 and I'll be back maybe. Maybe I won't, I don't know, but hey, I, I'm with you on this, Noah. And they'll go and spend a few months away. Maybe they came back again and labored a little bit more. But what happened when they left? 
and the rains came. I labored a little bit in the kingdom. I labored a little bit for you, God. I gave you a little bit. It just wasn't enough. I, 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 you know, this world has too much to offer. And, and I felt like it was, you know, something that I needed to, to maybe get away from and, and go do this. And I missed when that door closed. God help us. Don't just labor temporarily, church. Don't, don't be halfway in the boat. We got to be solidly in the boat. Jesus' name, we have to be in this. It's too close. I know when I was away, thank God he kept his hand on me. Thank God I got the Holy Ghost when I was 10. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the ministry of Bishop and Sister Buller. Thank you for the Sunday school teachers. Thank you for the ones that labored. But I know I was at risk. God said, I'm going to bring you through storms, son. I'm going to bless you, son. I'm going to show you all kinds of things. I'm going to bring you back to me some way or another. You're going to come back to me because this world is going to destroy you. And if you don't come back to me, you're going to be lost. And I'm thankful that I got back in time. Because we don't have a whole lot of time. And I heard it all my life. Oh, the end is near. The end times are here. But I'm telling you, church, we're seeing too much. We don't have the time to play around. What are we going to put our faith in? What are we going to do when the door shuts? And I've said I've labored a little bit. But I'm going to take a break for right now because it's too much. It's too much of a burden. I'm hurt a little bit too much. It's just a, a little bit too hard. And over here is a little bit easy because the enemy is going to make it easy. If he sees you laboring, he's going to say, oh, come on over here. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier. Go ahead and drink that. Go ahead and smoke that. Go ahead and partake in that conversation. Go ahead and let yourself get caught up in that. It's all right because it's easy. I'm not going to judge you. You're fine over here. Meanwhile, I stopped laboring. I stopped serving. I got out of my sanctuary city where my only security was, where my only truth was. And I said, yeah, this is enough. I I'll stay over here for a while and the door shut. Church, I pray that everybody that hears this, hears me because God put it on my heart heavily. We got to stay in his sanctuary city. We have to stay in his arms. We have to stay my eyes have to be constantly looking at the cross. Fixed on him. Jesus, you are my only chance. There is no other way, church. We can't partake in this world. We can't put our faith in anything outside of that cross. Anything outside of Jesus Christ could pull us away. And I don't want to see any more families. Lost. I don't want to see any more ministers gone. I don't want to see any more children saying, well, that was great. I don't know. I felt something there. Why, why did we leave that? What happened? What's going on? Oh, well, I guess that's not for us anymore. And, and, and we'll just live in the world. And I can't help but think, as I close, if the musicians would come, of the Passover and of that true sanctuary city, when here was Jesus on the cross, while Passover is going on, 
and all these people from Israel, all these Jews are coming into Jerusalem. While he's on the cross, thinking, I'm going into the place, my sanctuary city, that I can put faith in, that I can put trust in. I'm going to go into Jerusalem. This is where I'm going. All the while, Jesus is right there on the cross, looking down at them. This is during the Passover. He sees them coming in. Meanwhile, he's the only one that's spotless. He's the true sanctuary city, but they're all coming in. Some of them may have known he was up there. Some of them didn't. They were caught up in putting their faith in what they had been told. Put your faith in this. Bring your, bring your sacrifice. Bring your spotless lamb. Here the Pharisees and the rabbis are saying, no, that one's not good enough. Here, I'm going to sell you this one that's spotless. Bring it right back out the other side and sell it to somebody else. Oh, why Jesus is on the cross, hanging, saying, I thirst for more. I thirst for more souls. I thirst for more. Looking down at them, flooding into that city, putting their trust into what they had been told. We can't put our trust into what we've been told that is anything outside of Christ. He's still looking down on us, saying, I'm searching for a man. I'm searching for a family. I'm searching for a woman. I'm searching for somebody who's going to seek this truth and believe on me. Don't get out of that city. Don't get out of that true city. There's a leopard out there just waiting. Satan is out there just waiting for that first opportunity. There, they're out. They're out. Now I'm going to grab them. I'm going to hold on to them. But Jesus is saying, no, it's still me. It's still in me. Can we stand and raise our hands? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Keep him the center. Keep Jesus the center of your family. Keep Jesus the center of your life. Hallelujah. I, I want to open the altars tonight, and I, I, I want to pray for us tonight that we stay in him. But I want you to pray right now tonight also for someone that has gotten lost. I pray that you'll come up here tonight and you'll call out a name of somebody that's gotten lost. Or you'll pray over your family tonight that they don't get lost, that they stay, that they stay in that city. I'm good.